Well, I want to add my welcome to all of you today for this uh, first uh, first baptism service that we've had outside. I don't know if there were baptisms at West Highland uh, 20 or 30 years back where they actually happened outside, but I know that today is definitely the first time in our history that we've been using this baptismal tank and we've actually had a baptism in our parking lot. So welcome today to a very historical event. And we hope that in the coming days there'll be more uh, exciting times like this that we can enjoy with each other. Uh, you'll be happy to know that today nine people are being baptized. And um, they each have a wonderful story to share with us on how God has touched them by his grace and changed their lives. By going under the water today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and coming back up out of that water, they're going to show us in a beautiful symbol that they have died to their old life, they have died with Christ, and that they've risen again to newness of life in the Lord Jesus Christ, the life that Jesus gives to us by his spirit. And so for those of you perhaps who have never been to a baptism like this before, or never heard the kind of testimonies that you're going to hear today, an invitation to you especially to listen carefully to what these individuals will share with us because God has done something in their lives, and this is their moment to tell us exactly what he has done by his powerful grace. And so I hope that all of us now, we will just open our hearts to the individuals who are going to come and share their stories with us. And as they share, I trust you will be encouraged and you'll be praying for them as they share and as they are baptized today. First person to share with us today is Nick Rush. Good morning, church. My name is Nicholas Rush, and I was born and raised in Hamilton. I had the blessing of growing up in a Christian home, and I have attended church all of my life. Growing up, I always knew about God and his love for me, and I understood that I needed him at a young age. So at my old church, my mom helped me through accepting Jesus into my life. I remember sitting in the pew of the little church we attended and repeating the salvation prayer after my mom, saying sorry to Christ for sinning thanking him for coming to earth to die for my sin and asking him to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. Later, we changed churches and came to West Highland, and right away, I, along with my family, got involved. I attended Star Kids programming and then eventually youth group and made many friends, friends along the way, all the while learning more about God and his plan for my life, as well as how to grow my relationship with him. When I was 15, the youth went on a winter retreat to Pioneer Camp. We had lots of fun during the days, but more importantly, we had great teaching and worship. I remember one night we were being led through the worship and we sang the song Waymaker, and I really understood the words of the bridge more. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. After we sang, I felt God convicting me that I wasn't living for him. The room was turned into a room of prayer um, that the worship leader led us. And I called myself a Christian, but I realized I was just coasting through my life every day. And I wasn't actively working on my relationship with him. So that night, I decided to rededicate my life to him and ask that he would work in me and help me to be an example of Christ to those around me. I know that I am not perfect and I still struggle. But I have confidence that God is with me and I can put my trust in him and he will be faithful to forgive me. 
My favorite passage that reminds me of this is 1 John 1, verses 6 to 7, and later verse 9. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. And then verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want to continue to walk in step with God and continue to walk in the light and live a life that is honoring him. He really has been working in my life and I want to give him the praise that he deserves. That is why I'm getting baptized today. I understand Jesus's command to be baptized and to be publicly declared that I have accepted him into my life. And so to follow this command, I stand before you ready to be baptized. Thank you. Good morning, church family. I'm Lindsay Reinders, and I'm here to tell you my testimony of how I've come to know and believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. That all and everything that has happened before, during, and after my life is all in the hands of God. I was born and raised Catholic, my mom being a Roman Catholic and my dad being an Anglican. They chose the Catholic religion for me. During my early years, we would primarily attend the Catholic Church and occasionally attend the Anglican Church. As I grew up attending Catholic schools, I carried out my faith more so in a religious manner rather than a personal faith manner. As my high school years progressed, the Holy Spirit was working within me and my life. He brought people into my life who helped me foster my personal relationship with God and remove those who did not. However, I was still feeling some sort of emptiness as to why I was doing what I chose to do. Once university came around, I fell back into the religious habits over personal faith habits, pushing others away from faith. Within the last few years, the Lord has opened my heart, eyes, and spirits to the, His grace. Tuesday, May 12, 2020 was the day my dad passed away. During the years leading up to his death and after, I have been experiencing a plethora of trials and tribulations that have brought me to my knees where I've learned that he will hold me fast. The Lord, the love and support of his people, as well as completing my undergrad and education degree in the Christian context of Redeemer University have seen me through these very difficult years. The Lord truly provided for me and continues to, which has led me to my current relationship with God in everything I do. I desire to share the love of God and the love God has for us in all I do. The past summer, God provided me the blessings and opportunity to serve him by leading a music elective at the summer camps and being a music teacher at the church. Along with this, attending a Christian university has equipped me to share the truth of God's word and my teachings to disciple others. I have become more involved with West Highland by joining their orchestra, choir, and multiple Bible studies and classes. In recent months, my fiance, Matthew Gula, and I have solidified our faith and beliefs and have chosen to give our lives to Christ with the guidance of Pastor John. I have come to learn, grow, and to know God and his truths. He is our creator, savior, who will hold us fast with his everlasting love. As I continue to grow in faith, I will strive to meet others where they are at and help them open their hearts to the Lord, to love and support them no matter where they are in their faith journey, as Jesus has done for us. As iron sharpens iron, one sharpens another. Proverbs 27, 17.
My reason for being baptized today is to share with the church community my decision to put away my old life and immerse myself in the new life in Christ. Thank you. Hi, my name is Matthew Gula, and I'm a follower of Jesus, but I wasn't always one. I grew up in a Christian household where talk of God was a common theme. As a child, I went to Sunday school every week and learned about all the teachings of Jesus through a multitude of stories that fascinated me. I was a kid who had an interest in God and learning more about him, but didn't really know more beyond the intellectual belief. During my adolescence, I struggled with some addictions, fear of death, and immense anxiety, which made me feel afraid, lost, and broken. I sought counsel from my parents, and my mom spoke to me about accepting Jesus into my life and giving him these burdens I could not carry myself. Throughout most of high school, I valued my relationship with God and exercises through joining some youth groups, playing the drums at our church, and leading what I believed was a good moral code and Christian lifestyle. However, by the end of my senior year, I didn't spend any time practicing my faith. I was in a relationship with a non-believer and I began to drift away from God and reject him in my life. I spent the latter portion of this relationship knowing God was important, but I put him second to everything else. I never really made Christian friends in university, and if I did, I wanted to make sure no one around me knew about my beliefs. I hid them from others and I shifted my moral code away from goodness and shied away from anything to do with the church. I struggled again with the same old feelings of brokenness and stress of university and pressures of life became overbearing, which broke me down to a point of feeling hopeless and feeling like there was no purpose to my life and I should just give up. During these times of great difficulty, <clears throat> I sought wisdom from my mother and witnessed significant deepening and growth, growth of her faith since her attendance at West Highland. Uh, there was something different about her, a good different, as she became even more, more of a super mom. Also, my super dad is here as well. Happy Father's Day. I love you. I wanted to be like her, but I struggled a lot with the worldly views around me and felt that I wasn't ready to commit my life to Jesus. Still, I always knew that my relationship with God was the most important thing in my life, and without him, I felt incomplete. Then I met Lindsay. She uplifted me and showed me godliness, and she helped me see the goodness and the importance of God's presence in the forefront of my life and involving him in our relationship. It was only a month ago that we were in Pastor John's office talking about marriage when we submitted our lives to Jesus, and I proposed very shortly after. Now, the two of us have learned a great, a great deal about Jesus and the importance of baptism through the First Steps Trek course. I understand and admit in my heart that to be baptized in the name of Jesus is a symbol of my faith and commitment to follow him. I'm so thankful that God has led me to Lindsay to, to be my wife and my best friend and spiritual partner for life, and that's why we're getting baptized together. Hi, my name is Eleanor Way. I am 17 and go to HGCH. I have a wonderful Christian heritage in that both my sets of grandparents and parents attend West Highland and I have grown up and served in the church. I was the usual young kid getting into trouble and didn't really think before I acted and the repercussions I had on other people. When I was about seven, my mom read to me a Christian book about how being God's child is like being a princess and I prayed the prayer at the end of the book to say that I wanted Jesus to be my savior and I wanted to follow him. There have been ups and downs due to my circumstances. When things were tough, I depended on him, and when things were easy, I forgot about him. 
When I went to a women's retreat with my grandma, I heard others' testimonies of obeying Jesus' command to be baptized. I realized that I should put my anxieties aside and get baptized. I am afraid of public speaking. I am afraid of messing up once I tell everyone that I'm a Christian for fear of not being perfect or Christ-like enough. As I considered baptism, I figured it has to be a new me and that I need to be perfect and without sin. But I have realized that if I continue to follow Jesus, he will continue to direct me into living a better life. I have learned that in the Bible, people identified with Christ as soon as they believed in him. Why wait any longer? When I am going through rough times or want to feel closer to the Lord, one verse is always in mind. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. God has made an impact on my life, and I find that I now do not care as much about what others think, and I have a sense of purpose and direction in my life. I also find I am much more empathetic and caring than when I first started to know Christ. I want to get baptized today to be obedient to the Lord's command to get baptized, so I identify with his death, burial, and resurrection, and to show the church I'm a believer of Christ. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Cole Furry. I was uh, born and raised up in a Christian household, tumultuous at times, but never devoid of love. Through my young years growing up, I had been taught who Jesus was, and as a young child, I can recount the times at camp or youth programs where they would invite any who wanted to give their lives to Jesus to come, and they would lead you in prayer. So I, I did this multiple times, and I personally cannot dig back into the mind of my younger self and see really what the Lord was doing at that time. But I can recall from my childhood immense episodes of panic and, and fear of the reality of death and the struggle with the uncertainties of going to heaven. Later on down the road, I remember our local church having uh, baptism classes and uh, I took them and I went through with being baptized without ever really looking into my life and honestly evaluating in whom I was placing my trust or even asking myself if I were just doing this to make my parents happy, although they would never forcefully impose such a decision on me for their own reasons, but sometimes you know what hopes your parents have for you and you see them as a goal to be fulfilled. Moving on into my years in high school and out of it, I, uh, I was not marked by one who was on a mission for the kingdom but instead one propelled by the wickedness of my heart to do the will as of one in the kingdom of darkness. I can remember for two years being swept away by the lusts of the flesh and I developed in a dependency on marijuana and nicotine and was involved in multiple promiscuous relationships. And all of this, while I can say, all of this, I would have named myself a Christian. I can't recall an exact moment in which I can say I came to faith and had my heart of stone replaced with a heart of flesh. But like John 3, 8, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone born of the Spirit. It was over a period of days where the stark reality of my wicked rebellion against my Creator was brought to my attention and I found myself broken and knowing only in the only wisdom I had was the words of Jesus from the Gospel of Mark uh, 1 verse 15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the Gospel. I can say that as I repented of the sins that I was reveling in for so long, there was truly a peace that only Jesus gives 
and times of refreshing that come only from the forgiveness of sins found in Christ. So I'm here today to take another step in following Jesus and being baptized into his death and being raised to new life as a new creation in Christ where death no longer has its hold or sting over me. Thank you very much, everybody. Well, what a, what a celebration today to hear so many great stories. Amen, church? Amen. And there's more to come. But first of all, we have Nick Rush here in the water. And Nick, uh, I'm so privileged to speak just a, a moment here with you, having known you now for many years, and, and even now having you as an intern with me this summer. What a privilege to baptize you today and to hear your story and to see your walk of faith over all these years. And I've seen how the Lord has been uh, using you and changing your heart and giving you a, a focus for his glory. And so because of that and because of your testimony of faith, it's a joy to baptize you now in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Matt and Lindsay, I, uh, I'm thinking today about a time in my office, just a little over a month ago, when you both came in. And it was clear to me that God was working in your hearts and had done a wonderful work by His grace. But there was still, I would say, an element of confusion that was still there. And what a joy it was for me to share with you, to see that confusion lift, and for you to leave the office that day knowing fully in your hearts that you are trusting in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Because you are believers in him and have professed your faith to us today, it is our joy now to baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's okay, just hang on. She's ready. She's ready. Hey, just uh, just before we um, we talk any further, you've got a whole bunch of family here. So, cold fleshes and ways wave at us. Where are you all sitting? Whole bunch of family here. We're so privileged to be with you here. I know your your grandparents are a big part of our church. Andy and Sue Caldflesh, and your other grandparents, Liz. Um, Cliff and Betty, uh, maybe not here today, but they've been part of our church for decades. And so it's just a privilege because we know many generations of your family and to see you walking in the steps that your family have lived and following for yourself what the Lord has called you to do and to be. It's a real privilege to baptize you today. And thank you for your story that you shared earlier. Keep serving him all your days. Baptize you now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Cole, um, the more I've gotten to know you, the more it is clear to me that God has been working in your life for a very, very long time. Thank you for sharing those very meaningful words with us today. I think many can relate to what you said, that there was a moment in their lives as kids when they prayed a prayer to receive Christ, but it wasn't until later in life that, that, that the Holy Spirit really came in power and gave you that new birth. Mm -hmm. And so we, I just praise the Lord for you. I'm so glad that you're here as a part of our church. It's been wonderful to see your growth in grace, your determination to follow the Lord. Thank you for being honest about your past and about your struggles in the present. And um, you know that you have a great hope in the future because mm -hmm. the Lord has taken away that fear of death. You're going to be with him mm -hmm. one of these days with all of us who know the Lord. But um, we just want to encourage you to remain true to the Lord in your coming days. And it is a joy today to now obey the Lord's command 
and to baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Hey, it's off. Don't worry. Thank you. Good morning, church. My name is Stephen Tolulope Ililaboye. I was born in Nigeria and raised in a Christian home by my loving parents here present today. As kids, we were taught about God's love and his supremacy, that he created us and we were made in his own image. I was raised in a family where early morning family order is a must. Bible classes must be attended. Sunday schools must never be missed. My family and I initially attended an Orthodox church where there were laid down principles and precepts to follow. Uh, the church followed mainly the doctrines of the Old Testament. My siblings and I were daily taught the word of God, both at home and in school, as I was privileged to attend a Christian school. The Bible teachings in school were a bit different from what we were taught in church, as this was another church denomination. So as a young child, there were some confusions because of the different information from these different church denominations. However, my personal work with Christ started while in high school, which was also a Christian school. Uh, it was during a school revival program when the question was asked, will you be ready when Jesus comes? The chaplain explained and elaborated on this, emphasizing on working with God just as Abraham did, having a personal relationship with God and Jesus Christ, his beloved son. This question kept on ringing in my head all day and night after the service. I kept thinking about my relationship with God and kept asking if I could be called if I could call Christ my friend. Other questions kept coming in about my salvation. That night, I said a silent prayer of confession as a sinner and asked Christ to come into my life and forgive me all my sins. This was the beginning of a turnaround in my life, accepting Christ as my Lord and personal Savior and knowing that I'm saved. And ever since then, I have seen God do a lot in my life. I was baptized as a young adult by sprinkling in my former church However, during the first step classes at West Highland Baptist Church, Pastor John and the other teachers pointed out and emphasized the need to be baptized by immersion. This is true baptism according to how we were instructed by Christ, thus my reason for taking this great step of faith. I want to always be a part of Christ and be ready when he comes. My belief is strengthened by the words of my favorite hymn, which is, in Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song, my comforter, my all in all. I have heard and fallen so many times, but I know that his grace is sufficient for me because I know that sin's curse has lost its grip on me. For I am his and he is mine. I'm bought with the precious blood of Christ. And I now have the belief that no power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or he calls me home. Here, in the power of Christ, I will stand. Let me conclude by reading from what Apostle Paul said to the people of Galatians in chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by the faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I hope that after this baptism today, 
I'll continually live for Christ and bring others to the knowledge of him. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Tosin Lelaboye. I'm married to Stephen Lelaboye and blessed with two kids, Tiwa and Tiara. I grew up in Lagos, Nigeria, with the blessing of being raised in a Christian home with God-fearing parents. We moved to Canada in 2019, June, and started attending West Island during the pandemic, September 2020. I'm grateful for how God's word and worship has blessed me in this church. Growing up in a Christian home, I can't really remember the year I became saved, but my life has always been built on Christ the solid rock. I attended Christian elementary and high school and a Baptist university, which also contributed to my spiritual growth. I have had a strong knowledge of God and believed in the Bible my whole life. I'm not perfect, but grateful for my spiritual growth. I have always wanted to know Christ more and to obey him always, so I always keep working my faith in him. I was baptized as a teenager in an Anglican church back in Lagos, but Pastor John showed us evidence from the Bible that the proper way of baptism is to recognize with Christ's death and resurrection by immersion. According to the Bible, all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. That's Romans chapter 6, verse 3 to 4. So today, I am choosing to be baptized by immersion. And one of my favorite one of my favorite verses in the Bible is um, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, which says, If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. And one of my favorite hymnal songs is, Great is your faithfulness, O Lord, my Father. I remember Pastor Lee's teaching during our first steps classes. He mentioned that the best time to be baptized is now. Don't delay it. And that encouraged me to be standing here today. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, to those I've yet to meet here at West Highland, my name is Andrew Haig. Um, so I grew up in the United Church, and, and despite being involved in choir, in um, Sunday school, and in, in serving there in different ways, um, and participating in all the sacraments, um, I've, I've since discovered since being Christ that um, the church that I was part of, um, we tended to worship the world more than we did Christ. Um, Without the gospel, there was no salvation and no sacrament, whether it was baptism or communion or confirmation that I participated in, um, could replace my need and accept need for a savior and for acceptance um, of Christ in my life. And without strong roots in Christ, I was lost throughout so much of my childhood and adolescent years and oblivious to the anxiety that I had that was so deep and would give way um, to pride and selfishness in my life. Um, I continued down a really spiritually deteriorating path um, through a lot of these years, um, like others, and um, giving into the sins of the flesh and drinking and um, relationships that I shouldn't have been in um, and various other um, sins. And it wasn't until the fall of 2017 when I believe God began his saving work in me. Um, I soon, myself, soon found myself at church 
uh, with a newfound desire for truth. And sometime later, this desire led me to a video, actually, from the Gospel Coalition that shared the Gospel in a way I hadn't experienced before. It was in that moment that I really first experienced the love of God thanks to the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ who paid the price for my sins, a debt that I could never afford on my own. Brought to my knees in repentance and reverence of such a holy God, I asked Jesus into my life that day. Asking Jesus into my life has turned out to be the greatest source of healing from the anxiety I've struggled with throughout my life. Choosing to trust in him has provided a refuge from the fears that caused my anxiety and a window into the pride and selfishness that would emanate from it. Yet a sanctifying work in my life is not yet finished, and I am still a sinner. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't need him. As I draw closer to him, I, I draw farther from the anxiety, pride, and selfishness that wants to find me. Inviting Jesus into my life has strengthened my spiritual roots, the disciplines of reading his word, praying, worshiping, and serving, um, specifically in greeting and star kids so far here at West Highland. Since placing my faith in Christ, I've been blessed in so many ways with a wonderful, God-fearing wife, godly mentors, and a church family dedicated to making his word fully known. For the greatest blessing of all has been the personal relationship I share with him. No longer controlled by anxiety, pride, and selfishness, I am free to love and serve others thanks to the example Christ has set by first loving me. As I continue to grow in the knowledge and person of Christ, so too does my desire to obey and proclaim the good news of what he has done for me. That is why I've chosen to identify with him this morning through the symbolism of baptism. As Paul writes in Romans 6.4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Thank you. Hello everyone. My name is Emily Gua. I was born here in Hamilton at McMaster Sick Kids Hospital. When I was a baby, my mother took me to church almost every Sunday. Then we moved here. We started to go to West Highland Baptist Church, Baptist church around 2017. I participated in Star Kids sessions on Sundays. I also like to participate in other activities of this church. The church has taught me many things. I realize I really like all the stories about God, and I like to read God's word. And I like to find new verses in the Bible because they guide me. When I could not go to church because of the COVID-19, I watched a lot of videos. I remember when I was nine on social media watching Christian videos. They inspired me and touched me. I understood more fully why we need Jesus and how Jesus Christ saves us. Later, when I was 10, I watched more Christian videos, and I, started to, and I started to grow more in my faith. Jesus said, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Luke 11, verse 9 to 10. So I knocked on the door and asked Jesus, so I knocked on the door and asked Jesus into my life. He opened the door for me. Also Jesus, also Jesus let the little children come to him and said, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So I came to Jesus. I asked him to forgive me. He is my Lord and Savior. I am truly a child of God. I have, I have strengthened my faith more and more through reading the Bible. The Holy Spirit is working in me. I started to change the way I talk and do things. I talked to others kinder and started Bible study. 
The more I learn and read, the more my life changed. The Bible says God is within, God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. My faith is sometimes like a wave. It goes up and down. But I know that God is with but I know that God is with me and he loves me. The Bible also says she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. I want to obey Jesus and have a good relationship with I want to obey Jesus and have a good relationship with him. I am united with the Lord Jesus Christ and I want to be more like him every day. Today, I want to publicly demonstrate my obedience, faith, and love for Christ by being baptized. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Wonderful testimonies. Praise God. Stephen, welcome to the water. <laughs> Stephen, I think that uh, in this present uh, First Steps class, which just finished, uh, you and Matt have the deepest voices we have ever heard in our church. <laughs> and uh, these guys have preaching voices. Did you notice that? But Stephen, thank you for sharing your heart today. Praise the Lord for your family in Nigeria, for the, the background in the Christian faith that you've had, for the wonderful things that you've learned over the years, for your growth in grace. And we rejoice together with you and your wife today in baptizing you now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna put you down one more time, are you okay? One of the difficulties we have in this tank, as you can see, is when we have a tall person being baptized, we can't always get them as close to the front as we need to, so sometimes the head doesn't go under, but we got Stephen under, and I think we had the problem in the first group. Well, Tosin, what a joy to baptize your husband just a moment ago and now to baptize you. We thank the Lord for you. We thank the Lord for the wonderful children that he has given to you, for your faith in the Lord Jesus, for the evidence of your growth in him, and for publicly testifying today that you are God's child through faith in Jesus Christ. Because of that, it's a joy now for us to baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We're going to go from the tallest to the smallest. Here we go. Sandra, can you grab my arm? Okay. What a privilege and joy it is yeah, to be with Andrew. Yeah. You don't have to get ready that fast. Okay. Yet. Okay. And uh, we are honored to do so many baptisms today. And certainly not least among which is yourself, Andrew. Uh, it has been a joy and a privilege to walk alongside you this past year to marry you and Alicia. Yes, applause. So, okay, and, uh, and I have seen you walk with the Lord. I've seen your growth, and I can personally attest that I see Christ working in you and through you. Thank you for serving our church well. And uh, therefore, it is my honor and our privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Yeah, perfect. You got me. Good job. <laughs> Well, sometimes we save the best for last, and we also save the smallest for last. You know, quite often, um, when a young child wants to be baptized, we, uh, we are a little concerned that they may not be ready or there might be pressure from others to do, to do so. We want to make sure that a child really understands. But uh, when Emily was uh, being taught about baptism and expressed her desire, um, it was very, very clear. She said, I want to obey Jesus. So how can we refuse someone who wants to obey the Lord Jesus Christ? Emily, the Lord has given you understanding of his word, of his, of his love, of all that he's done for you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for testifying so clearly of your faith in him today. It is a joy now for Pastor Chris and I to obey the Lord's command as you want to obey the Lord's command and to baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. There you go. I just want to take a couple of minutes at this point to uh, just share a few things with you. I think in, in some ways we've already heard a fantastic message today in nine parts. Wouldn't you uh, agree? Uh, nine wonderful stories, and uh, uh, each of them, I think, glorifying the Lord. Uh, each of them um, giving us... A picture of what people's lives were like before Jesus each of us giving us an idea as to how the Lord Jesus has changed them um, some of you who if you were here two weeks ago you will remember that I preached to you from Acts chapter 3 where we have the story of the man who was crippled from birth and I just want to go back to that story again today if you have your Bibles, you can open to Acts 3. But I'm just going to kind of rehearse the story a bit for you. There was this lame man, and this was after the church started, after the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. And the church was formed, and there were 3,000 believers now in the city of Jerusalem. And Luke tells us in Acts chapter 3 that this lame man had, uh, was sitting in front of the, the gate called Beautiful, the Beautiful Gate in Jerusalem, which was just outside of the temple courts. And Peter and John, the two apostles, were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. That's where the church was gathering in the temple courts, and they wanted to pray. It was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And here was this lame man, and he fastened his eyes on Peter and John, hoping, because he was a beggar, hoping that he would get something from them. And Peter looked at him and said, silver and gold, we don't have any of that. But here's what we do have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And immediately, the man's legs and his ankles were strengthened, Luke tells us, and he got up and began to walk. He didn't just walk. The Bible says he got up and he started to jump. He was leaping, it says in one, in one version. He was jumping, leaping like a deer, and he was praising God. So you can imagine the amazing uh, moment that that would have been for Peter and John to have been a part of that miracle that had taken place. And I said to you two weeks back that the crippled man is a picture of us. And friends, I think in the testimonies that we heard today and the baptisms that we've seen, we had a picture of all of us. Um, I can't quote every single person who was up here today uh, who shared their stories with us, but they each had something to say about their former life. They each had something to say about the fact that they were crippled, as it were that they needed restoration, like this lame man did. 
that they were crippled from birth. You see, most of us think that our problems in life are because of bad things that have happened to us. But friends, the Bible makes it very, very clear that the problems we have in life are not just simply external to us that happen to us. The major problem that all of us have in life is something that is internal within us. We're crippled from birth. We're born as sinners. We have this tendency to do what is wrong. And because of that tendency to do what is wrong, because we have sinned, the Bible makes it clear that we have been separated from a holy God. We need to be restored. I don't know what your problem is or what your problem, what problem you think you have is. The bottom line is this, is we all have a, 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 prob, a problem, every single one of us. That problem is our sin. We have all sinned, the Bible says, and we have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all wandered away from the the perfect path that God has determined for each of our lives. We have broken his holy law, and we've done that because we're crippled from birth. We just naturally go there. We naturally move away from God. We, mat we naturally move away from the things that would, would make us whole. We go toward that which is wrong. And the Bible calls that sin. Sin isn't just something that you do. Sin is something that is in you. It's a part of your nature. And this man was crippled from birth. This man was also looking for salvation in things other than God. He, he thought that perhaps by sitting at the temple gate, he could receive financial help from people as though that were the main issue that he had. He thought that his problems could be solved by the benevolence of other people. But Peter and John made it very, very clear. No, your problem can only be solved through Jesus Christ. And so he made it clear, Peter made it clear later in the, in the story, that salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name given among human beings under heaven by which we must be saved. It is only by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that we can be saved. And friends, that is because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. The thing that separates us, Jesus took to himself. He took our sins, the Bible tells us, in his body when he died on that cross. He died for our sins. His, his death was unlike any other death. It wasn't just because it was a crucifixion, as terrible and as horrible as that is. His death was a unique death in that his death was on our behalf. He took the punishment for our sins in himself on the cross. In other words, Jesus paid the penalty for sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Jesus took death. He took our death. He was separated from his Father on the cross as he bore the punishment for our sins. And now because of the payment that he made for our sins, he can offer us the gift of eternal life. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says. But the Bible also says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This lame man on that day was told in the name of Jesus, rise up and, and walk, and he was completely restored, and he began to walk 
in a new life. And that's exactly what happens when an individual believes in Jesus with all of their hearts, believes that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, that he rose again from the dead, and I'm trusting in him now to be my Savior and Lord. Whenever a person makes that kind of a decision, they get up, they rise up, they walk. Something happens, a restoration inside. And so we heard the stories today of how the Lord has changed lives. From someone as young as Emily to all of the others, they have been all changed by this newness of life that Jesus Christ gives to those who will put their faith and trust in him. Remember this, salvation is found in no one else. You can search for salvation all over the world and you will never find it until you come to Jesus Christ and put your faith and trust in him. When you do that, he will give you his spirit and you will be completely transformed and you will receive the newness of life that these individuals who've testified about today already possess. We are here to help you find that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. In a few minutes, we're going to sing and then our time will come to an end. I'll make a couple of announcements at the end. And friends, I don't know if you can smell it yet, but the barbecue's been going for quite a while. Hamburgers and hot dogs are getting ready for all of us. We're going to have a wonderful time. And during that fellowship time, if you want to talk to me or to Pastor Ken or Pastor Chris or Pastor Lee, you saw us all up here at the front, um, other pastors who are here today, if, if you want to talk, if you want to talk to us about how you can receive this gift of eternal life the way those who have been baptized have already done, then it would be our joy to just take some time with you today and show you how you can experience newness of life in the Lord Jesus. So don't hesitate to talk to us, please. It would be our joy to share with you. I'm going to ask you all to stand now. I'm going to pray, and then uh, the worship team is going to come. We'll sing our final song. I'll have a couple of announcements. We'll pray, and then we can begin our celebration with lots of food. Father, thank you so very much for this beautiful day that you've given to us. Thank you again for the testimonies that we've heard. Thank you for the truth of, of your word, that even though we are sinners, we can be saved by Jesus Christ. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. I pray for any here among us today who have been spoken to through the testimonies that have been shared or through this brief message now, and they have a desire in their heart to come to faith in Christ, that you will bring them by the Holy Spirit to that point where they experience this new birth and receive this new life. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the Savior of the world. And thank you for the evidences we've seen today of your saving power. Amen.